Welcome to the She's the Owner podcast, a podcast where we talk about business, relationships, mindset, and even sex. We go deep on how the masculine and feminine can show up in all areas in life and how to make those energies work for you rather than against you. So grab a coffee and buckle up. This is the She's the Owner podcast. Hey guys, as always, we appreciate a five-star review if this podcast has brought you some insight or giggles or whatever in between. Either way, we love to hear from you. Now let's get to the show. Hey everybody, it's the She's the Owner podcast. I'm your host, Karen McCarran. Thank you for joining me. We have a very special guest on the show today. And uh, it's not a typical guest. And it's somebody who I've known since I was 19. 19? Is that right? Yep. Holy frick. Um, <clears throat> and so normally you guys know when I do a podcast, I'm either talking about marketing, I'm talking about healing or relationships. Um, sometimes I have guests, sometimes I don't. And recently i've had a conversation with this person so if you're watching you can already see that there's a, a gentleman on the screen but if you're listening you won't know um and the person the person who i'm bringing on is i mean first he's my ex-boyfriend second he's one of my baby daddies um and third and this is probably going to be an emotional episode i can already feel it coming up um a friend now and for a long time he was an enemy and the reason that i wanted to see look at like where we're 30 seconds and i'm already crying the reason that i wanted to bring his name is jamie i call him jame hummus charlie sometimes if i'm in trouble that was our code word because his first name is technically it's not even jamie it's james right yeah so He's, he's my, my oldest daughter's father. And the reason that I wanted to have him on, like he has his own business. So that's sort of like the, you know, to fit in within the parameters of my podcast, he's a business owner. But beyond that, he and I have had chats lately and over probably the last couple of years, like two, three years, where our energy between us has radically changed from what it used to be. And I think it's such an important part of healing to, be able to witness somebody else's healing while you're healing. So it's not just, you know, me sitting on some fucking perch thinking I'm, you know, all this healed shit. I'm healing. You're always actively healing. And then I'm witnessing people around me who are also shifting and healing. And so I invite him onto the podcast so we could chat about first kind of our, our past really and our history. And then how, how did we get here where we have, like he said something to me the other day when he, when we were uh, talking on messenger and it was like, I really want you to get to know me from here. And that was like a really pivotal thing for me because, and we'll get into it in a second, Jamie, I know I'm being a bit long winded, but I always feel like the people and ladies, if you're listening to this and this is relating, like, I want you to write these notes down. I want you to write down, this is a, this is going to be, a heavy writing down episode. So make sure you have your pens and paper and make sure that you're jotting down wherever the stuff is kind of like landing for you and hitting for you. But there's always this feeling of people who are in our past, and I have some still who are like this, who don't let you 
show up in the new version of who you are. They're only letting you show up in the past version of who you are. And those people are no longer part of my life. And those people, and Jamie, you know who I'm talking about. There are some sisters that are in Winnipeg who really just still act like it's early 2000s or mid 90s. And nothing, I'm not throwing shade and I'm not, and I don't, I do love them dearly, but the closeness is gone because there's a point where you evolve past yourself. There should be a point where you evolve past yourself. And so why, that's why I, I asked Jamie to come on because there's a, a, a long history of he and I struggling on our own and then struggling as co-parents and then struggling on our own again and then realizing our kids older now and now what? And so welcome to the show, Jamie. And I deeply, deeply appreciate you coming on. I know this is a big gulp for you to be on a, a podcast or whatever. A little um, bit of a gulp, yeah. A little bit of a gulp. And so, yeah, just welcome. So, I mean, maybe give, a, like, tell us a little bit. Well, we're going to get into your business because I do love talking business and I love what you're doing. And that was really mm -hmm. one of the things that I was like, oh, okay. Okay, Jamie. I see you with your rocks, Bernas. Um, but tell he's a rock guy. He's a rock guy. Um, and so and we'll share all that information in the show notes and and at the end of the show. But maybe it'd speak a little bit to anything that I said that kind of was like, yeah, that sounds like that was us, or just kind of maybe talk a little bit about your take on things. Well, I mean, the yeah, it was that was really well said. Um I think that uh Healing together is a whole different aspect of healing. I think that uh, I think that that's maybe even why it took you and I so long to come to this point where we love each other again and we love the people that are in front of us right now. Um, we needed to do that together, and I mean, there were there were many times in our past where one of us wanted that healing and the other one wasn't ready and flip-flop back and forth. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so grateful that we finally got to, and I get to know this amazing person again, um, that, and I mean, love never goes away. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Always. There's never been a day where you haven't been in my heart, but getting that opportunity to have friendship and closeness again and have you in my head and, and have you, I mean, shit, sometimes we, when I come to you and talk to you about business, you're my mentor. Mm. Um, sometimes you're my confidant, you know, and that took a lot of healing together. And even though those wounds were, were very deep, um, it, also meant that we got to heal really deep together. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's a beautiful relationship. I, I, I wish there was a way to explain to everybody that's listening how complex and how important that relationship has become. Yeah. yeah. Complex is like the, I think is sort of the best word to say it. And I think, I think the thing that I'm most proud of when it comes to our growth is like you hear, I mean, we were, so we were, we were like 19 when we got together, we had Sydney, we split up a year after we had her, 
It was a year to the day almost. Like I think it was, or it may have been Boxing Day, year a day before her first birthday. I remember my brother and I on that friggin' apartment. Where was that? On Chandler. Chancellor? Mm -hmm. Chan was it Chan? No, it was Chancellor, not Chancellor. Chan Holy Chancellor. Kara, too many fronts in your head. Okay. Um, but I think what I find so interesting about, about us is there, when I think about it now, like just as you're talking, I'm getting these downloads and it's like, it almost, and not almost, it, it kind of wasn't even us that was at each other. Like, and that's the part about conditioning ladies, like, and guys, I mean, everybody, whoever's listening, it, the conditioning can be so deep. And, you know, I know Jamie's parents very well. He knew my parents very well. He, I can see why he came at me, how he came at me. And I'm sure as fuck, he can see why I came at him the way I came at him. And it's almost like we had to go through the last 20 something years of getting to know ourselves first and not coming to this table with mom and dad, Julie, Herb, Lorraine, Mark behind us. Like it almost, cause do you remember when we lived in BC, this, I tell, I tell people this all the time. That was one of the best times of my life. We had nothing like we had less than nothing. And that's when nothing. I discovered my love for Steve for, um, what's his face? Stephen King. Stephen King. And Jamie would, I, was, I would go to that used bookstore across yep. the street from where I worked. Yep trade in the books that we had yeah. every week we read I novels i know because we had no tv then... nothing and yeah. and it's like in those moments like that was a moment of clarity in my adult life now looking back at that thinking the reason jamie and i got on so well because in our most purest truest versions of ourselves we had no moms we had no because our parents interfered like crazy like that's what parents do sometimes and parents who are struggling with their own shit interfere like crazy, but we had no, no interference. It was just me and him. I think we had our cat. We had a cat. Did we have a cat at that point? No. Did Oliver. Oh. Oliver the cat. Yeah. So it was very much when you remove the noise and like, guys, when I talk about healing, it's, it's part of that. It's like removing the noise of all the shit that people want you to think. And Jamie, I want you to speak to this because you've alluded to it recently. But like when we act and put on for other people, that's when all the shit storm happens. Like true Jamie and true Kara probably never would have had a fight a day in their lives. But we had all this extra conditioning from our families, conditioning from society, et cetera, how he was supposed to act, how I was supposed to act. I come from a very masculine energy place because I had to be in charge. He comes from like no disrespect to your dad, but toxic masculine father. And so you have these two alphas trying to fight for top, top spot. And that was me and Jamie for years, always until we both softened and we're like, well, this is dumb. Like, why are we even fighting about this? So speak a little bit to the be becoming the version of the man that you really are. Like you were, you said, you know, you, you played for everybody else. You weren't really true to who you are back in the day. So talk a little bit about that. Well, I mean, I, I think, I think that we're all actors mm -hmm. um, and we're all sort of 90% of the time we're, we're kind of playing our role and sometimes those roles really are us. And sometimes those roles are created for somebody else who we think is the director in our life. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when, when I'm at my parents' house, talking 19-year-old, 20-year-old, 21-year-old me, um, when you're at mom and dad's house, they're kind of the director. Um, and you put on that role. And those those roles are are things that spill over into your true self. And when you and I moved out to BC, out here to Victoria, um, we didn't have any directors. Right. And all of a sudden, we just, we weren't actors at all. You're one of the few people I've actually been able to not be an actor with at all. We no longer had to do what was expected of us, mm-hmm. behave the way we were expected to behave. All of a sudden, it was, it, you, you weren't my director. You were just somebody else that was also just being themselves. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, I think that just being so young and not really seeing that and the value in that at that time, when we moved back to the prairies, well, we were surrounded in directors again, and we went right back to those acting roles. Yep. Um, and the kind of the, the fascinating thing is how parallel our, our lives have been, mm-hmm. even when our lives haven't been closely intertwined, because we both went through this sort of growth where we went, hey, you know, I, the way I was way back when I was 20 years old and I lived in Victoria with Kara with nothing. That's the way I want to be. Mm. Um, and it took a long time to learn number one, that that was who I was. Um, and of course I'm a different person now, but that, that skill was just, I, I didn't even realize how valuable that was. And I still look, I, I tell people stories about, when we lived in Victoria all the time because <laughs> it was really a beautiful time of growth and discovery. And a lot of those things, I guess what I'm getting at is a lot of those things that we discovered back then about who we were and who we wanted to be. We didn't really realize those discoveries until like you were saying before, four, three, four five years ago. Um, and we kind of did that together. I, mm-hmm would watch you evolving and it would trigger something in me. And I would go, geez, yeah, that's, she's a smart cookie. I'm going to look at that and try to evolve that way and develop myself that way. And yeah, I think we both had an explosion of emotional growth Mm -hmm. um, in our forties, you know? Yep. Um, And it was fantastic because we, that, that growth brought us back together again. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, I I I try very hard now and I I say try, I don't say do, but I do my best to be that version of who I was back then with you. Mm-hmm. I try that now with everybody in my life. Everybody I care about, I try very hard. I make a conscious effort to give them me instead of the actor yeah Um, yeah yeah and I think I learned a lot of that from you that's and that thank you and I love that and I think again as you're 
talking, I'm getting these little like things in my mind. Um, why is that on? Let me just turn this right off. Hang on. Um, that one of the things like I talk about all the time is masculine and feminine energy. And my, my masculine energy came from year decades of, you know, emotional stuff with my parents and physical stuff with my parents and all that stuff. And really just my, my take on it was I had to be in control or shit would hit the fan because that was true. If I wasn't in control in my family's, you know, mom would have killed my dad or my dad would have something or it was just always chaos. But I think what I'm realizing right in this moment is that when we were in BC, you were the, you were, you took the masculine energy role and I got to just be the feminine. And obviously I had no concept of any of this back then, but as you're saying it, I think the reason that it, we did get along so well is because you had to lead. I was pregnant. I wasn't getting a job. I wasn't do. you had to, you had no other option and that gave you purpose. And that purpose gave mm. you certainty and that certainty made me feel safe. And so the feminine, when she feels safe, that's when she can calm down and not be such a ball breaker. And a lot of times, you know, men and women, it's like this constant conversation of, well, if he doesn't do this and she doesn't do that, it's like there, it's really basic. A woman in her feminine will, will soften for a man when they are, when they have certainty. And I, and, and that's it. It's not any more complex. If you provide a space where I can feel safe. And that was, I think just as I'm recalling it, I'm thinking, well, why did I, why was I able to calm down to such a degree where I was like, Oh, laissez faire. I didn't give a shit. Give me a book. I'm, I mean, it was scary definitely at times, you know, I mean, like I didn't know anybody mm -hmm. there and we picked a not so great area to rent an apartment in, which neither one of us knew until a certain day oh, of the week man. when there were needles everywhere. We didn't know, but like it, it was that feeling of, I think I, I, that may have been my first inclination of my own feminine energy without realizing it until this very second, because I, I got to calm down. I didn't have to be in charge anymore. And that was, and that's, and I think that's always been, for you and I in our unhealed versions of us was always the problem. You wanted to be in charge and I wanted to be in charge, but there can only be one person in fucking charge. And especially when you're trying to co-parent, right? Like, yeah, we, you know, we did get to a point where we could bounce stuff off each other, but it was a lot of, well, no, it's my word or law. Oh no, no, Kara, it's my word or law. No, Jamie, it's my word or law. And you had these two yeah opposing fucking like tigers coming at each other all the time because we're both trying to be in that same role right instead right instead of being able to share like we did when we lived in bc we got to sh not only share all all of the stuff that was affecting us as as a couple but also like you say we got to fall into very classic masculine feminine roles right and um, you know, I mean, and it was also because we were maybe so well matched or just because it was just us. Um, also those roles, my feminine and your masculine were also mm -hmm. able, able to be free because you have a lot more feminine than masculine. I have a lot more masculine than feminine, but there's still a balance. There has um, to be. There I wanted to, to be. point out before, um, um, guys that are listening to this, tell your male friends, listen to Kara's podcast. 
listen to what she's saying about masculine and feminine. She's not saying that if you do these certain things that are in your feminine, that you are feminine. No. What she's saying is that we all have a balance of masculine and feminine. There's different things we do that we can utilize those parts of ourselves to be much more successful. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I listened to Kara's talking and, and I, I, I read the stuff that she writes. And yes, yes, you do. But you have some really <laughs> good things feminine. to say. Too. That's the feminine in me. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Well, and there you go. And I mean, that's maybe why even doing this podcast, I've, it, it, it's sort of a, a gulp thing because I do need to step into more of a, a role I'm not comfortable with. Right. Um, and, I, and I think that men have, well, we've all been so exposed to toxic masculinity yep. that we have this sort of notion that if we are expressing something in ourselves that in our feminine, that that's a bad thing. Right. And it, and it, not any man when you explore those things and you and you can set aside the the even even the i think maybe even the term masculine and feminine for men is more intimidating yeah set that aside don't just remember that you have different different parts inside you that Kara's really good at coaching out, right? So, yeah, guys, listen to these podcasts. And Kara, please, I know that you are definitely good at coaching men as well as women. And I know that you also have a a very good, positive, narrow focus on your business. But (laughs) as, as, as somebody who's representing the men right now, we need your help too. <laughs> it's true. And um, I think I love what you're saying about the feminine energy for men, because so you could call it yin and yang, like you could call it, you know, it's like, yeah. it's, it, it's so when we, when, when I speak of like, so Jamie, for example, is he is way more in touch with his feminine energy side. It doesn't mean he's feminine. It means he is in touch with, and that makes him a stronger man because he can see a woman and he can see her cry. And instead of being like, oh, she'll be okay, he can recognize that feminine energy right now needs me to show up. Part of the feminine energy is nurturing, it's compassion, it's empathy, it's vulnerability. And the men, like this is why we have such toxic men because they don't, they think showing vulnerability is weakness. And it's the extreme opposite. It is absolute strength. When a man can sit down and say, I'm afraid, or I'm not, where did you go? We lost him, guys, he's gone. There he is, oh, hello. Um, but when when a man can sit down and say, now, 
there's a balance to this, right? But if a man can sit down with his woman or his man, like this is not just heterosexual conversations either. Because even in a, in a male and male relationship or a female and a female, really, there's still a more dominant masculine energy and a dominant feminine, period. It's just how it goes. It's called polarity. If you don't have polarity, you're not fucking. If you're not fucking, you're just friends. Any way you slice it, period. That's as, as blunt as I can be about it. But if there's no polarity and there's no opportunity for a man to sit down and say on a Sunday night, I'm actually really worried about this week. I'm actually feeling a little bit unsure of myself. And if you as a woman can't come to his aid in that moment, that, that you're not fully connected with your feminine either. And we know, you know, based on studies, based on like years and years of literature, based on, you know, Alison Armstrong, Tony Robbins, like all the people that have, have educated us on this stuff. The man predominantly wants to be in his masculine, but the true masculine also plays in his feminine. And that is what <clears throat> makes a man so fucking irresistible. It's like, when you can stand near someone and just feel like, whew, this man has got me and I am not worried and I'm not, I'm feeling so safe, but he knows I got him too. That's a power couple. And I think, so I love that you're like, that you're bringing it up because men still, when they hear the word feminine energy, I'm not no fucking girl. I'm not no chick. Well, no, no one's saying that. But can you be vulnerable? Can you be empathetic? Can you be compassionate? Like, can you bring those things to the table? Because I need you to, if you can't, if you can't connect with those pieces, you will never see them in me. And if you can't see them in me, how can you show up for me? And, and that's, I feel like you have things that you're, you feel I can see the smoke coming out of your ears, but like, this is the, this is the truth. And so when Jamie and I talk about like, he and I literally, our daughter is, she'll be 27 this year, right? 27. Yeah. It's her champagne birthday. So, right? Yeah. Holy crap. Okay. So we grew up together, the three of us, not just her, not just Jamie, not just me, the three of us all grew up together. And so one of the things that I showed Sydney unknowingly, unbeknownst to me, was to be masculine. And so she has this masculine dad and this mom was teaching her how to be masculine. That's why she's like, there's moments of total fucked in her brain because she's like, wait, I got you on one side telling me how to be like, never need a man and fucking this, this snap my fingers. And then I got my dad on the other side, like saying, no, you need to listen. And she was confused to shit. So talk a little bit about like maybe how, how you used to view masculine energy versus how you view energy now if that makes sense. Um, I, it, that's, a, that's a simple thing to, to, to respond to. I didn't understand that it was a masculine energy and a feminine energy. Right. Um, it's, it, it has, I think it, ha, it has a lot to do with empathy. And I think that women tend to be more naturally empathetic mm -hmm. whereas with men it's more of a thing that we do we we have to make effort to be empathetic now i mean for for guys one of the first things when you really start trying to to understand yourself and and in turn understand women is that 
the masculine energy tends to be the fixant, right? And sometimes when you're talking to a woman, she just needs you to shut up and hear her, shut up and listen, right? I, I, most men that I know my age are very aware of that and, and have, have learned that. And it's always an effort to do that. Um, that's what tapping into your feminine energy is, mm. is saying to yourself, no, don't fix it. Shut up and listen. You're not being feminine. You're tapping into feminine energy exactly. and therefore being able to balance out with the person you're talking to and create a great relationship and, and give the other person what they need. And sometimes that means doing what you do. For me, that's being masculine. And sometimes that means tapping into actually seeking out and finding your feminine energy. And as soon as you do it, it's amazing how that person just changes and opens and, and responds so much better. Um, guys, that's your opportunity to be a fixed person is to also know when it's time to be empathetic, when it's time to tap into your feminine and give the person you're speaking with, whether it's your partner or your friend or your mom or your sister doing that means that when that person is ready for you to use your naturally masculine energy you'll have that opportunity because you have balance between um, yeah kind of went off on a tangent there but no no that's your exact that's a, no this is the hi welcome to the show this is what we do we go on tangents <laughs> um and i think too like the the there's like this um, misstep, I think, in owning, owning men, like men owning themselves as men as well. Like right now, it's very unpopular, right? Because there's, you know, and we, we're not going to go too political, but there's a lot of bullshit going on right now where men are being told to be masculine is wrong. And, you know, everyone's comparing masculine to Andrew Tate. Yeah, the guy is a douche, whatever. But like, that's not even there's some qualities of masculine energy in him that he's expressing but by and large no that's not a that's not a healthy masculine energy balanced man so there's this whole like system where it's telling young men you can't be masculine because and and I will take this for the team of women we definitely fucked you guys up because when you tell a man enough times i don't need you eventually he's going to go, well, why the fuck am I here? Period. A man wants to be yep. needed. A man needs to be wanted. You need to be needed. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I Can I, I change that. a tire, Jamie? Absolutely. But if I'm like, babe, can you just, ugh, I blew a tire on the road. Can you just come and help me? That man will be in his car so fast your fucking head will spin. But we have conditioned men to not do that. We've even conditioned men now into fear of complimenting us, saying anything kind to her because we're scared. You know, they're scared they're going to get me too. They're, they're scared all this shit's going to happen to them. And I think it's really important. And this is a tangent off kind of to, to educate and just to remind ladies, like I can be a boss all fucking day in my company. 
no problem. I can call the shots, be in charge, make people feel at ease, all the thing. But when I come home, I want to know that I don't have to be in charge anymore. And I think it's interesting to me because you're of a generation where it was still okay to be a masculine man. And nowadays, like our daughter, the the age group she's dealing with, most of them are frightened or they're way too passive or, and it's like, <clears throat> we, we witness like girls saying things like women even saying like, there's no masculine, there's no good men, right? We say that all the time. Well, first of all, there's plenty of good men, but if I come to the table, like say Jamie and I are dating, we just met and I come to the table with my penis and he comes to the table with his penis. He's like, well, you have a penis. You don't need my penis. I'm going to go and find someone who needs my penis. And it becomes a pissing contest where women and men are like this constantly. And that is really part of why we, why we're seeing such confusion in, well, is it masculine good or is it bad? Is being feminine mean you're a pussy or does that mean it's like nobody knows what's going on, but your core is masculine energy, Jamie. My core is feminine energy. But we get it so twisted that at the end of the day, everyone's like, I don't, well, we're, who, what? Nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Guys, open doors mm-hmm. for the ladies. Oh my God. Ladies, please, please let us. <laughs> we don't, we know that you can open the door. Yep. We do. We don't think that you need us to open the door for you. We're doing it because it's 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 a masculine instinct that we help right right let us um (laughs) just let us open the fucking door yeah yeah we we we, it's it's i agree with you it's there there's this trend right now where it's not okay to be a masculine man um and you know as a as a man who has spent most of his life surrounded with women as well i um that's a hard road to go down um i've i've been fortunate enough to at least be surrounded in women that that don't think masculinity is aggressive or masculinity is negative. Um, it's, I, I was still taught to be a gentleman. Yeah, you sure were. Um, <clears throat> and nowadays it, I, I, re, I really see this sort of almost attack on being that way. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 the door example is just such a good one. It's it's just so it's become this thing where if you just randomly open the door for a woman, then the response is often I can do that myself. Right. Don't don't do that for me. You're don't don't assume that I can't open the door. But we're not. We're not assuming you can't open the door. Right. We just want to be a gentleman and it's not a bad thing it's 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 a really positive thing it is um, and and yeah, lots of ways uh, too like you know <clears throat> being i was in the dating world and i'm 
pausing now and things are what they are but reading about dating like all these women are like well like three quarters of the camp are like uh he better not pay for me I'm paying for my own food right and this whole thing and then a quarter of the group is like how dare he not pay and I'm like girls like is any are you ever happy like are you ever happy and you'll hear masculine like really truly strong men say if that woman pulls out her wallet it's I'm telling her to put kindly put her wallet back in her purse I'm taking her out for dinner and there you know I've I've talked to men who are in their 30s who are like they don't it's not even consideration they're not paying for dinner just little things like that like there if if um if you're asking a woman out back in the day it was understood that you were paying for dinner you were taking her out to court her for dinner it wasn't a transaction and i feel like so much of what's happening in our it's in the dating world and the every it's all transactional right like you throw in i mean this is a whole other topic but like you throw in access to porn you throw in like men and women are both lazy as shit right now when it comes to getting to know one another and like you know it's swiping what i think it's important to note too that um we don't see um well and and like you said like there's sort of three quarters and quarter three quarters of us of of men we don't see buying dinner as something that has to be repaid in something else i think there's an assumption right. that if, yep. if if the man <clears> pays for dinner something. then well he's taking me home tonight or he's yeah whatever it is whether it's a tonight or set yeah it's we don't see it when it's not a transaction the transaction is completed when we pay for dinner because we wanted to take you out to dinner right and it, it's yeah it, it's not a it's not condescending no to pay for dinner for men it's a just a man being masculine right yeah we're yeah um sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no, you that's there totally it's totally fine but like that's the other thing too i think that's interesting knock too. knock my who's there interrupting cat oh interrupting cat no. <laughs> jerk um, but I think it's like <clears throat> interesting to note about that. It's it's we do women do have this idea that it is a transaction for them, right? If they're opening a door, it's a transaction. If they're opening the car door, it's a transaction. If they're taking me out for dinner or a movie, they're gonna they they think they're gonna get laid. And because some of that is true, some men are like that. However, you know, like if we paint every guy like that, then we're in trouble and like we are in trouble you just look around like look you know you have a look around i've had 18 year old boys tell not hold the door open for me going it's 2023 old lady or lady or what i'm not old but she, it's something and i was like what the fuck just happened like in a thousand years i never thought i'd ever hear a kid like that talk to a woman because i was it, and it baffles me um <clears throat> now we're going to flip the script a bit. So when you meet a masculine energy woman, not me, cause that doesn't count. You've known me forever, but do you, are you able to, now that you kind of have a better understanding of like what, when a woman has that alpha energy, they're always trying to, they want to make the plan. They're telling you where to go. 
they're in control, blah, 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 blah. When you meet a woman like that, like in a dating situation, does your internal self go like whole beep, 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 like red flags everywhere? Or do you still get sucked in at all and then go like, what's up with this lady? I, I think that, um, I think that, that now, nowadays, now that I've, I mean, I've, I've learned a lot about masculine and feminine from you, um, and really apply it to a lot of my life. Um, I know this is a podcast that's usually about business, but this applies to so many aspects of my life. And if I meet a, a woman that's expressing a lot of her masculine energy, in, instead of seeing red flags right away, what I try to do is I try to step into my feminine energy. I, I remind myself, okay, this, may not be who she always is right maybe this is just her expressing her masculine energy to feel safe to mm -hmm. feel protected she's with somebody she doesn't know and the that natural feminine inclination to want to feel safe and protected right well if you're on your own you need masculine energy right to feel that safety right and so yeah, I don't really see red flags when it's that kind of situation. Um, obviously, I need to be personally, I, I, I'm a masculine person. I have a, a lot more masculine energy than feminine energy. And so I do need that balance in my life. So if it's a dating situation, for example... I'm definitely on that date and I'm, I'm definitely seeing that masculine energy, but what I'm trying to do is balance that out so that the person that I'm with can be comfortable enough to reach that balance where she's expressing her normal amount of feminine energy. Right. And I can express my normal amount of masculine energy. Right. Yeah. And if they don't, if they don't match up, then yes. Definitely red flag. Yeah, you can tell pretty quick. Yeah, I think. Match, right? yeah, and I think it's interesting because, and that's beautiful that you t have that take on it because there's the there's the patience of like most guys don't know even as much about it as we're talking right now. Most men are like, what? But the fact that you're in tune with it and you can recognize like maybe if I just let her like give her an opportunity to soften she'll let go of the reins and then maybe I'll get, then, you know, I can get to know the real woman. And, you know, within a date or two, you probably a couple dates, you'll be like, yeah, she's not ready. Cause some women aren't, they don't, cause they, they, most women are totally ignorant to all of this. They have no idea. Jamie, you'd be so surprised. Like as soon as I say, like it could be at the gym, at the pool, at the grocery store. As soon as I say, I teach women about masculine and feminine energy. And then I pause for a second and I go, because so many of us are showing up in the masculine only, and we think we have to do everything. They all go, oh, totally. Like a hundred percent of women that I say that statement yep. to go, holy crap. So it's beautiful that you're giving the woman a bit of space, but also recognizing like you don't want to be in fighting for your food for the rest of your life with this woman. So either she's going to soften in a couple of dates or not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if, and 
And then I think everybody as individuals has sits somewhere on that spectrum of masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. And men who have more feminine energy are not necessarily feminine. Right. But having more of that feminine energy means that maybe the right match for them is a woman who naturally has more masculine energy. Yeah. And I think that's that's the key is finding for yourself first yeah. where you sit and and being honest and open with yourself inside and you know letting go of the preconceived notions you you've learned about masculine and feminine and just speaking where you where you fit there and yeah. then that helps you know what you're looking for in a woman right um, yep. and if I- you need a more masculine woman that doesn't mean you're with a masculine woman and no. you're with a woman who has naturally more masculine energy Yep. and you can balance, you know, and yeah, it's, true. and that, and that's going to fluctuate and you've got to find somebody who's going to be willing to fluctuate with you and also accept that sometimes you're not going to fluctuate together. And right. that's when you sit back and say, okay, we're, we're not matching right now. I, I'm at a 75% masculine energy and you're at a 50. So we're 25% over the masculine energy. If we can't change that, how do we communicate and be two masculine people right now that work through this together? Yeah. Um, How do we, how do we share that masculine energy instead of balancing it with feminine energy? Yeah. Um, and, and vice versa, of course. Right. Um, yeah. Because uh, there's, there are women that are just more naturally alphas. Like, and I mean, it could mm-hmm. be argued that I am more naturally alpha. I am in business. I don't think it's an argument. But it's right. But it's like. I think it's the reality. You have some very power, powerful masculine energy. Right. I think that's why you make such a great coach mm-hmm. because right. you're so great at stepping into that without being condescending. Right. You have a balance of, even when you use your masculine energy, you become excellent at softening the masculine energy right. with your feminine energy. It's an <laughs> impressive thing to see. Oh, well, thank you. Um, Okay, that's enough with the compliments, though. I know, it's gross. Like, just stop. I don't even know what's happening. Um, But, and I think that that this is the trick, though, is that guys, maybe not now, obviously, Ken has known me for 24 years as well. Like, I'm not, people will mistake strong businesswomen for that's how they are all the time. And I think that's part of the challenge in relationships with, when we're talking about this stuff is because nowhere there's nowhere on my roster or my resume that says I want to be in charge all the time. I had to be in charge all the time for a lot of years. So that's what I be, I learned. But I think ladies, if so, I, and I hope you guys are getting a ton of value and I hope you're writing notes because this, there's so much gold here, but like understand that you, don't have to play to one side of yourself all of the time. And a man who understands who can witness you, like Jamie can witness me in business, but also understands maybe now for the first time in our friendship, relationship, whatever, that that's not how she is at home. 
and I, I would need to step up into my masculine at home and let her just take her briefcase and pop it on the side because that's always the challenge is like, we don't know how to turn it off. And if the guy doesn't know what you know, for example, or other men who are, who are listening or who are educated in this area, who they know, it's like, as soon as she comes through the door, she's off. She wants to be off. So oftentimes people miss that transition. And I say to women all the time, like women that I coach on my podcast, whatever, like tap the light switch before you walk through the door and say masculine energy out, feminine energy in. And sometimes that means taking a shower that sometimes make, means doing a little meditation and communicating with your partner. Hey, I was super, I had a really masculine, I was in charge of fucking lot today. I need to come in here and I don't want to be in charge of any decisions. I don't care what's for dinner. I don't care what the kids are doing. Blah, 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 blah. Go because motherhood. Take care of you. Yeah. But, and, and motherhood and Jamie, I know you're going to agree with this is the most masculine energy job a woman will ever have. Because if we're not in charge, the kid will die. Period. Yeah. So we think, oh, but I'm a mom of four. No, no. you are so mad. Because what happens when, you're, when your baby daddy or your hubby or your boyfriend tries to tell you something with your kid? Get the fuck out of my nest or I'll kill you. Like, there's no room for anybody but me and this kid. And you know what that. What a fantastic example that is. Wow, that, that was light bulb moment. Like, what a great example that is of the difference between being a masculine person and having masculine energy. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, like you said, a mother is the most masculine energy you can get. Yep. That's, that's the power person, man. You don't fuck with a mom. No. And it's also so feminine it's it's i mean it's a woman's it's a woman's role right right it, it's it's uh it's yeah i mean man you guys you guys make humans i know that's pretty insane. cool insane that is and that is the <laughs> ultimate power right like we're we're, we're useless compared to you <laughs> but we, we also we, do require you in, to in, make in that, the human like yes, we well, and, and you, you, uh, yeah, in in that sort of that context, that right. it's yeah, sorry, excellent example of the difference between having masculine energy, right, and being a masculine person. I mean, there's nothing. Yeah, like because you hear a mother, masculine person certainly you're going to have a baby, right? Isn't being a mom exactly like you hear mother and you think lilies and flowers and holding a basket running in a field of lavender, but oh, it no. can look like that on the outside, but on the inside we're super masculine because we have to be, um, and so I, I I would encourage the women that are listening right now to let the husband make dinner like. One of the things that makes me the most crazy is when women complain about the guy doesn't do anything, but as soon as you do something, we complain about the thing you did. And I always like, I always coach women on this where it's like, if he didn't do the dishwasher, right. Is that like going to matter in five minutes, five months, five years? No. And if you want to have it done a certain way, cause certain, you know, women, I'm like that. Don't do it in the moment. Don't criticize him because the way you put a man into his feminine, criticize him, try to control him and close off from him physically and emotionally. That's how you put a man into his feminine energy and where he won't come back out. 
It's not, it's not like I go in for five minutes and come back. It's like they go and they're gone. If I criticize a man and I, and I close off, so I'm closed off emotionally or physically, or I'm trying to control his moves, control his food, control anything. Eventually they go, fuck this. And they retreat. And for a woman, it's the, it's the opposite. If you feel unsafe, unseen and unheard, we'll go into our masculine. Cause all we want is for us to be able to come to you and be like, hi, can you hold space for me? I'm about to have a tornado of emotion. Just stand there and look nice. It'll be done in five minutes. And knowing that you will be there to hold that space is how you keep a woman in her feminine. You, you don't say, yeah, go ahead and spin out and then criticize the shit out of her. You just hug her and say, I love you, babe. You feel better? Like there's been times in mine and Ken's relationship, friendship, beginning and whatever, where I literally will just like a fucking top and he'll just be like, you done? I'm like, yeah, I feel better. You tired yourself out? Sure did. And then it's over. But the man masculine tends to be like, let me fix it. Let me no, just stand back. Put on a fucking poncho if you need to, protective eyewear, whatever. Just stand back. Let us have our moment. Because we just, we're like a kid. You just got to tire us out for a minute. And then we're good. And, and guys, when, you're, when, when your partner gets home and she wants to just drop the briefcase and not decide about dinner and, not, and wants to be taken care of, help her step out of that masculine role and into the feminine role that she wants to be in. Take her briefcase and put it yep. away. Take her yep. jacket off for her and hang it in the closet. Do those, those things that you instinctively want to do. Right. And by the way, and, fellas, that's, that's foreplay. Like, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna repeat that. Putting her hell coat yeah. away, taking her briefcase, pouring her glass of wine or fizzy water, whatever. That, my friends, is foreplay for a woman. Make no mistake. By the time you get her into bed, she is not as tired. She's feeling cared for. She's gonna go for gold. <laughs> That's foreplay. Yeah. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. I couldn't agree with that one more. I learned that one and I'm sure glad I did. <laughs> it's but it's well, important. And it, like, and it's, it's critical. True. It's putting it's putting us it's putting us in the roles we want to be in. It's That's putting, it. it's giving us both comfort. Yep. And and that carries over to the bedroom. Yep. Right? 100%. You know, I mean that what that's what we naturally do in nature the the couple copulate that's, that's why we're called a couple right yeah. um and yeah help guys help your woman be in the role she wants to be in and like like Kara just said that's foreplay that's such a beautiful um, way to put it is is help help us be in the and ladies likewise like help him be in the role he wants to be in. Like, let him do those little things. Like, can you change a light bulb? Of course you can. But like, when, when I, I've noticed myself in situations when I become, and like, don't get this twisted ladies. I'm not saying that you are helpless, but I'm saying when you act a bit like a damsel in distress, they love it. They feel important and needed and part of something, right? Like, 
So I I love everything here, here, about this. Here's it, and and you kind of, you kind of just said it. Another one, and it was sort of one of those another light bulb moment. Um, understanding the difference between masculine and feminine. I'm still here. Is I'm as simple as it, it's as simple as um, men help your women be in their role. Women let your men be in their role. For men, it's helping, and that's what we instinctively want to do. And for women, it's allowing. Right. And that's in that again. That's the, that instinctive being taken care of. Women need to let men. Men need to help. Boy. Help maybe isn't the right word because we're helping each other by allowing us to be in that role, right? Right. <clears throat> Is my but, sound yeah. still okay, Jamie? I just had to switch off. Sorry? Is my sound still okay? Yeah. Good. You bet. <clears throat> My computer is about to die, so I had to lose the microphone for a minute because this is too juicy to stop. Um, talk a little bit about. Um, don't tell me what to do. Oh, don't, don't tell me how to live my life. <laughs> tell me a bit about um, being a dad of a, a a kid that she has masculine energy, quite a lot of it. A kid that's turning 26, not 27, by the way. Is it? No. Yeah, she's 25 right now. No, she's not. She's 26. 96. Well, she's going to kill one of us when she hears yeah, that. I'm right. And she, yeah, she's 20. She's 27 this year. I, I, I respectfully defer to you. Okay. Uh, the, the human we made. Um, but she's quite masculine energy, that kid. And mm -hmm. she, but she's super, super hyper aware of herself because of the work we've both done. But like as a dad, of a girl who is strong, how do you, how do you kind of get around that? Cause that's really the balance is like making her feel safe. Cause I think as you've grown into the man, you are, you make her feel safer than maybe you did when you were younger. And I think that's just kind of how things went. So in terms of, of that now, do you see, cause you guys are, you're I'm watching your relationship. Like it's been like her, mine and her relationship up and fucking down and up and down and up and down. But like, are there any little things that you can pull out as a parent, as a father of a woman who is, you know, strong masculine energy that you can say like, dads, you know, here's a couple of things that you might want to try to soften and teach her. It's okay to be in her feminine, not just masculine all the time. What kind of advice would you give to dads that you've seen work for you? Um, I, I, and something I, I, I work on um, is a, is something I'm actively working on right now. Um, is when your daughter becomes a woman, when she's when she's actually a, a woman, a, you can't always be the dad, the fixer, the masculine. Even with your daughter, sometimes you need to step into your feminine role, and I mean, it's it's a little it's a little easier, and it's also a little harder to learn because I have such a powerfully masculine daughter. She has very powerful masculine energy. Um, she sure does. 
but we 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 clash we we butt heads when we're both in that same role right it's it's the same as any relationship with any woman in your life Mm um balance and also dads gotta remember that you know you're the one who has to be flexible not your kid your your kid is a kid she's she's a full generation behind you she's you've had a whole lifetime compared to her to to learn to to soften to learn to step into your feminine when you need to you need to do that take that responsibility your your relationship with your daughter changes when she becomes an adult mm-hmm. um you're still the father um yep yeah, uh, and then, yeah. And, and be I willing think, to be feminine with her too. Yeah, and I think the interesting part is that, you know, you hear like grown women still calling dad daddy, and it's like because that's real for them. Like they still need to feel like there's hierarchy, no matter what. That my dad, it's less so with the mom for sure, but especially with Sydney, like she does, she'll say to me sometimes, you know. Um, just be my mom. I don't, you know, blow that whole narrative. I'm like, dude, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like sometimes you want to tell me some nasty shit and then other the next day you're like, just be my mom. And I'm like, I don't know what role, tell me what hat to wear. And actually her and I have gotten really good at that where I'll say, tell me what hat you need. Do you need coach hat or do you need mom hat? Do you need friend hat? Like just give me a heads up here what's happening. Because women, we change our relationship with our daughters radically after 20, like after they're 20. Um, well, let, let's, let's wrap it up. Cause I feel like we could talk for another 16 straight hours. This has been amazing. And I hope that you're enjoying it, Jamie. And I hope that the, the listeners are loving this. Cause I think this has been a really, I'm awesome actually very relieved. This was, it, it was great. I really, Good. I really did enjoy it actually. Good. Um, so yeah. tell us a bit about your business and, and then wrap it up with tell people where they can find you. I know you're on Instagram, maybe that's the best way, but tell us a little bit about your business and what you do and, and then, uh, we'll close I, it up. What I love to tell people is I scratch rocks for a living. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm, I'm a, a stone and gem artist. Um, I, I specialize with Vancouver Island, uh, um, stones. We have beautiful jaspers here. We have things like um, dallasite, which is unique to Vancouver Island. It's not found anywhere else on the planet. Um, and I, I, I'm so I'm a prospector slash artist. And basically, what I do is I go and I find beautiful rocks that nature has made, and I expose the beauty that she that she left behind for us. Mm. Um, so I, I'll take a rock and polish it down and make it beautiful. And that, that's my business. We just, uh, just are putting together a gallery. I, I say we, um, we're called dusty boots prospecting. Nice. Um, it's me and uh, my business partner, uh, Dean Unger. Um, he's also a writer, um, very much an artist too. So yeah, we go and we collect rocks and gems and make them beautiful for people awesome. and the stuff is beautiful yeah. and i think um like one of the things that th- that going back to the masculine and feminine is is 
nature is super feminine energy. Like she, she is everything. We say she, everybody instinctively exactly. says she. Yeah. Right? And, and I love that because that, that maybe that's part of how, how in touch you are with, with your feminine energy is through nature. And I think that's amazing. Where can people find you on Instagram? Um, Dusty Boots Prospecting. Okay. Um, just getting our Instagram that. site going. Um, after the podcast, you and I'll chat a little bit about <laughs> that. And give me give me a good kick in the ass because I got to start to get myself out there. Yeah. Well, that's a good start. But, uh, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and being brave and letting me interview you and have this really vulnerable talk. I think it's important. Um, I think beyond every single other thing we've talked about that if you are going through a separation with your spouse, it doesn't have to take 20 and she is 27 this year. It doesn't have to take 20 something years to get to this point. Jamie and I took the long way cause that's what we do. But I bet if you talk to him, he could, you know, expedite the suffering for a couple and I sure as hell could expedite the suffering. Cause what's what's always been true is jamie and i obviously we have had a love we were together for years and it was clouded and i think it's important to realize like he had to drop his ego i had to drop my ego and we had to just like let our hearts navigate and here we are now 20 something years later um so love you so much thank you so much for coming on the show. and um we'll talk to you guys on the next episode bye